brilliance, brilliant, 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 brilliance. Lovely. Hey, um, how are you doing? Are you good? I am. Um, I'm Scottish. Anyone else Scottish in the room? No. <laughs> well, just everyone looking at the floor and a horrendous kind of oh, we've got a Scottish guy talking to us. It's fine. It's good. I'm from Edinburgh, um, but I live in Nottingham now, and I'm married to Tamsin, and I've got two kids, Jordan and Kezia, and it's brilliant to be here. It's really good. You know, I have to get up in loads of places and be like, wow, it's great here, and I'm lying. You know what I mean? I'm like, <laughs> it's terrible, um, but it's really good here, isn't it? It's good, Andy, you're doing a good job, mate. It's, oh, sorry, team, the team are doing a great job. He's just so humble, Andy. Not just me, the team, hallelujah. So, would you like to come up and do that as a mime? Not just me, the team. Lovely. Andy and me have known each other a long time, haven't we? A long time. Um, and I'm honestly believing he'll... He'll become a Christian soon. Yeah, I'm like praying for that. It's going to be good. Um, I would love you to pray for me. I am, I'm going to be Edinburgh Fringe this, uh, this year, doing a comedy show really close to the Edinburgh Castle. And um, I'm doing it there for seven days and lots of fun, lots of laughter. But then right in the center of that show, I'm going to place the cross right in the middle, talk about Jesus, talk about how Jesus can change your life. And um, a lot of people ask me, why, why are you doing that? What, what, why are you not just like speaking in churches? Well, when I, I come from a place called Musselburgh, which is just outside of Edinburgh. And when I was like 15, I used to go up to the festival and I would see like comedians slagging Christianity off, ripping Christianity to shreds mocking the cross, mocking Jesus. And I remember being 15 and saying, one day I'm going to be on that stage and I'm going to lift up the name of Jesus. I'm going to lift up his name. And uh, three, or, three or four years ago was like, I, I went for the first time and I was terrified. And uh, oh man, I, I booked this venue and... Um, Lots of people came, and I remember being backstage, and I was pacing up and down. I was really, like, nervous, and my dad, like, came in the back room, and the place was really full, and he said, oh, son, you're really nervous. I says, oh, dad, I've never been as nervous as I am right now. He goes, there's a lot of people come to hear you be funny, so you better get funny. That was like, that was like his advice. It's like, oh, thanks for that, Dad. You've been a great blessing, yeah. And, uh, and we did it, and we've just like kept on pushing and pushing this message. And it's so wonderful to see lots of people coming in who are just in for a laugh, in for good fun, but then they hear this powerful message of the cross and how it can change their life. So I would love it because I'm, I'm getting these amazing opportunities to take the cross to these most unlikely places. I got um, the opportunity to kind of, 
well, actually, I got booked for the same place. Um, I got booked for this place in Burgess Hill, which was like this lovely church that I've been to lots of times. And I also got the same booking for the same weekend for this pub in Belfast. And in the email, it said, in this pub, when you start to mention Jesus, you might get headbutted in the face, yeah? That's what it said in the email. Just a warm welcome, yeah? And so the, 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 guy that, um, the guy that works with me, Kieran, his mom and dad are here, great people. And Kieran, he is like, um, oh, you've got these two bookings for the same place. And I was like, oh, it's like listening to God. And I was like, oh, do you know what? I think I need to go to that church in Burgess Hill, yeah? Because they're lovely, yeah? And they, like, they've got this lovely little green room. They give you amazing food before you get up to speak. Nothing like here, yeah? And uh, I'm basically, and it's like, wow! And then all day I'm like praying and chatting and driving around Nottingham and God's speaking to me. God's like talking to me and saying, oh, you need to go to that pub in Belfast. And honestly, I'm like, and God's like, you need to go to that pub in Belfast. And eventually I'm like, you go, yeah? You go to the pub in Belfast. And I was like, oh. So I did. I said to Kieran, you need to tell them I'm coming. So I went to this pub in Belfast and oh man, it was crazy. It was wild. And I got and we're having some laughs and it was fun. And, uh, you know, they give you, they give you immediate feedback, yeah? Not, um, not like on a form, yeah? They give you immediate feedback. And um, it was going well, and then I started to talk about the cross in this pub in Belfast. And when I started to talk about the cross, the atmosphere completely changed. It was like this moment. It was like, oh, a whole group of guys got up and went out to the toilet. I thought, wow, Billy Graham used to get them to come to the front and I get them to go to the back. Yeah, it's like a different anointing. And then I still, I went for it. I thought, do you know what? And even though it was hostile and people were shouting, I really wanted to communicate this amazing message of the cross. And you know, at the end, it was so powerful. They're all having their beers and coming up. And I have these incredible conversations with people and they're talking to me about how they met God and how they met Jesus through the cross. And I just was so committed and keep on being committed that I'm going to take the cross to the most unlikely places. So whether it's the Edinburgh Fringe or a pub in Belfast or whether it's going to be in any kind of weird, unusual place, I'm going to take the cross and I'm going to see it do its powerful work. And then um, I've got these um, cards with me today. And, you know, every Thursday I send out a little email because I'm realizing that 80, 90% of the crowd I'm in front of are not yet Christian. They are like people that are looking, searching. And so I need people to back me in prayer. So I send out a little email that tells people where I am. So if you would like to pray for me, I keep them really short. And basically, come and get a card off me, and I'd love for you to, like, pray and just kind of like, wow, that would be amazing. So, we're going to hear about good news today. And I thought that story we just heard was amazing. Did you like that? That was powerful. And then, when I was a kid growing up, my brother, I don't know if anyone else, did anyone else here ever share a 
room with their brother or their sister. Did anybody do that? Oh, my sympathy goes with you, yeah? My, uh, my brother and me, we shared the room. Oh, what a shocker. And uh, it was a nightmare. But one of the things that we used to love doing together was we used to love watching cowboy films. And um, we used to always see, do you remember those signs that came up and it used to say, wanted, dead or alive. Do you remember that? And you're like, oh, in the sheriff's office, they were looking for some kind of scoundrel. And it wanted, dead or alive. And my brother and me, we used to love watching these films. And then um, my brother, one time, he was about, I think he was about nine or ten. And I was the older brother. And my brother burst into tears watching one of these films. And I'm like, what's up with you? And he's like, oh, I just always get worried that it's going to be dad's face on the poster. Yeah. And I was like, wow. Of course, because I was an older brother, I was like, oh, you should be worried. Yeah, you should be very worried. And that sign, wanted, dead or alive. But you know, I have got a different message today. Not wanted, dead or alive. But I want to read to you from the Bible, Romans chapter 6. And Romans chapter 6 and verse 11 says this. So you must also... You must also consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. You see, my message today is not wanted, dead or alive. I honestly believe that God is saying wanted, dead and alive. Wanted, dead and alive. You see, the first thing I want to communicate to you that is amazingly good news is that God wants you. He absolutely loves you. He adores you. If you, in any sense, have come into this place and you're wondering what God thinks about you, whether you're an out, feeling like an outsider, whether you're feeling like, oh, I'm not really a religious person, I'm not really somebody that fits in here, we want you to know you do fit in here because all of us are wanted by God. He absolutely wants to connect with you. He absolutely wants to make sure you understand today that he is looking out for you. He's got an image of you on his heart and he absolutely desperately wants to make that connection with you. You know, I, I've got a daughter and um, I love my daughter and I'm always texting my daughter, always texting her everywhere. Oh, Kezia, I've just seen this, thinking about you. Kezia, oh, you know, what? I watched this little program, made me think about you. And, you know, she's like, you know, young and cool. So she just writes things back like, whatever. And, uh, you know, <laughs> that's what you do with your dad, isn't it? <sighs> and uh, I'm like, I'm always like, oh, I love you. Oh, you're amazing. You're brilliant. And you know, I really want you to know that God is like that with you. He's head over heels in love with you. He thinks you're brilliant. He absolutely, he gets the angels round and goes, look at my son. Look at my daughter. Look at her go. And the angels are all like, wow. And it's like God thinks that you are brilliant. And it's like, how have we got it to the stage where like some people are in this room today and they feel like they don't fit or 
You've not got what everybody else has got. Or you're here today and you're like thinking, ah, oh, this is great for these, but, you know, it's, it's not for me. It's like God absolutely adores you. And I'm like, wow. Um, we recently had the, the, the funeral, didn't we, of the queen. And I know a lot of people were like impacted by that. And then my little sister, um, she met the queen. You see, my mum was like a, a massive royalist and she, she absolutely was crazy for the queen. And the queen was coming to Edinburgh and my mum wanted to go out and sleep overnight and be in place so that she could speak to the queen when the queen was coming past. And I was like 16 and my mum said, Mark, will you sleep on the curb with me tonight and stay through the night so that we're ready to see the queen? And because I was 16, I said, no. And uh, I says, I'm not doing that. That's weird. And uh, then she asked my brother, and my brother was 14, and he's like, nah. And then, basically, because my little sister was eight, she just had to do it, yeah? There was no, there was no. So my sister slept overnight on the curb, in sleeping bags, ready, came to the, like, the little bit of thing. And what my mom said, listen, I'm going to pick you up, Judith, my sister's Judith. And so, like, when the queen comes past, you know, fly the flag, wave the flag. It's, like, amazing. And basically, sure enough, the queen's coming. She's chatting to people. She's coming out. And, of course, you know, she's speaking to people. I don't know what the queen says when she speaks to people. Just, like, cup of tea. I don't know what else she says. But she says lovely things. And she's coming along. And then she comes towards my mom. My mom's holding my sister. And my mom's like, oh, my mom's moment of glory. The queen's coming towards her. Like her whole life in this moment. And the queen comes right up. And my little sister's there. And my little sister just remembers the message. If the queen comes, fly the flag. And the queen came right up. And my sister hit the queen in the nose. That's genuinely true. And the, the Daily Record newspaper's got a picture of my sister hitting the queen. And my mom, I mean, my sister, my mom was horrified, as you can imagine. She's like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And the queen was absolutely lovely with him, and it was totally fine. And it was like, wow. And it was like, that little moment of like someone so special coming towards, making a move towards my mom. And you know, God is awesome and holy and glorious. And he makes a move to every single one of us. He moves towards you. But you know, every one of us, we've got mess in our lives. We've got stuff in our lives. A bit like my sister striking the queen. We've got this thing called sin, this rubbish in our life that kind of pushes God away. But what is amazing is that God has made a way so that that could be moved out of the way, so that there's no separation between us and God. And if we come to the cross that we can absolutely say, oh God, and let nothing be offensive to you, let it all be taken away by the power of the cross so that we can connect. Holy, glorious God coming towards you. Holy, glorious God who has done no wrong makes a move towards you. 
He wants you. I don't know how that makes you feel, but this like guy here, this Scottish guy that's messed up a thousand times, the fact that God wants to come towards me, he wants to make a move towards me. Wow, so humbling. And that everything has been moved out the way, that there is no barrier between God and me. But not only is the wonderful good news wanted, but God wants us dead and alive. What does that mean? God wants us dead to sin. Dead to sin. Um, I was really trying to grapple with what this verse might mean. What does it mean for us to be dead to sin? You see, in Psalm 119, it says this, Let no sin rule over me. Let no sin rule over me. I, I, I was praying about this, and I felt like God gave me like a bit of a picture that, you know, the enemy is like the master puppeteer. And he works his strings. And he controls us. And that while the enemy comes and he pulls a string and we end up messing up and doing stuff that we don't want to do. So many of us would be honest enough today to say, I do things that I wish I'd never done. I, I, I try to stop myself from doing things and yet I end up still doing them. I don't know what it is for you, whether it's lust or anger or jealousy. I don't know what it is that is that thing that controls you that you've tried to stop doing so many times, but you end up messing up in the same thing. And yet the Bible says, let no sin, let no sin control you. Let no sin rule you. But yet we end up being puppeteers. I know what my mess is. I honestly, the other week, had the best moment in my life because my wife is amazing and she never does anything wrong. And I'm always the one that's messing up, yeah? And oh, she messed up and I was delighted, yeah? I was, oh. It was so funny though. We were driving in Nottingham and she'd got the music on and it was praise and worship music and it was belting out, Hosanna! And she's driving along, Hosanna! And then someone cut her up and she rolled the window down and she gave this person a right mouthful, yeah? You She came back and then she went, Hosanna! I was, I was like, oh. I like the fact that some people are just nudging some people right now. <laughs> you see, all of us have messed up. And all of us, we make mistakes and we do stuff that we regret. And we have to say sorry to people that we wish would never hurt. But the thing is this, is that this idea of the master puppeteer just pulling us this way, pulling us that way, that we've got no control over that. But wow, I'm wanting to tell you that there is a way because you see, when it says dead to sin, this is what I honestly believe. The powerful, powerful cross, the powerful cross is where the Jesus died on the cross so that all of the puppeteers control over us is broken in the name of Jesus. He no longer can control us. He can no longer pull us this way and pull us that way because now we are dead to sin. Imagine if someone came and cut the strings of the puppet. 
Now the puppet is dead to the control of the puppeteer. And that is what happened at the cross. No longer does the enemy have any control over my life. Because in the name of Jesus, when Jesus died on that cross, he broke the power of sin and death over my life. Isn't this good news? That wow, that wow, I love this salvation. No strings attached. The enemy can try and pull me this way. The enemy can try and pull me that way. He can try and control me. But by the power of the cross, the absolute strings have been broken. And now I am dead to sin. And you know, I know that there are people in the room. And you know, you've tried to give up some habits. Tried to give some stuff up. And you know, like we try our best and we try to be good people. But I'm so pleased today that I am going out of this place not trying to be a good person, not trying to just be a better person. But it's not about just trying to be a good or a better person, but it is the power of the cross that Jesus has broken that power over me. And I am able to love God and be dead to sin no longer alive to his workings. And at the end today, I want to give us the opportunity to respond to this, that we would be able to say, Jesus, I want to, through the power of the cross, be dead to everything the enemy, the control he has over my life. Wanted, dead to sin, and alive to God. Alive to God. God wants us to be absolutely alive to him, alive to his freedom, alive to his life, alive to his hope, alive to his joy, alive to his destiny. God wants you to be alive to everything that he has got for you. I want to be alive to God's new life, his destiny. I want to be alive to God's power. I want to be alive to it all. It's an amazing story of a man who bought a lottery ticket and he um, left the ticket in a drawer and his life was busy and then his, his, his dad got ill and, and unfortunately his dad died and it really devastated him and he lost his, his job and he ended up losing his home and he just had to put a few things in a few boxes and he was homeless, and he shoved them in this kind of like under this tent thing that he was living in. He was sleeping in this. And then he saw a bit of newspaper on the floor, and he picked it up, and it caught his attention. And it was that this lottery ticket had not been activated. And he read it, and he remembered that he'd bought a lottery ticket so many months before. And he went into his boxes and he found it in the bottom of the box, this ticket. And he went and he activated it and he made it become alive. And he'd won all of these millions of pounds and he did not realize he'd been sleeping in a tent out in the cold, everything devastated. He did not realize that he'd just at the, if only he could activate this ticket and he did it. And he got his millions. And why would I explain that? This 
is how many of us are. Today, God has got so much for you. He has got hope and life and joy and power all for you. And yet so many of us, we're just like living in spiritual poverty. We're just like accepting life as it comes at us. We're just stuff's happening. And God wants you to know that if you would only be alive to his promises, alive to his power, I'm going to say it, alive to the healing power of God. I still believe that God heals people. I still believe that God changes lives. I still believe that God can do wonderful and powerful things. Amen. If only we would be alive to God. God wants us to be dead to sin and alive to his power. I, um, I've started to pray this prayer that I want to start to use that prophetic word that God's got for me, not just in church, not just on a Sunday morning when there are lots of Christians, but I want to be alive to that prophetic, powerful word when, for people that are not yet Christians. And I'm a few, a little while back, I was doing an event, and it was a tough event, and uh, it was a men's event, and there were these three guys on the front row, and I'll be honest with you, they were doing my head in, right? I was speaking, and uh, you can see that I'm full, of, I'm full of enthusiasm, and I'm speaking, and these three guys on the front row, they're looking at their phones, they're mucking around, they're talking to each other, they're like, oh. And all the time I'm speaking and I'm talking about God's love and I'm like, God loves you. And I'm like, you're doing my head in, yeah? That's what's going on inside my head. God might love you, but you are doing my head in. And I was at the end of the event and I was like, oh, that's annoyed me. And I was packing my stuff up away, getting my stuff into my bag and I thought, I am going. This event's annoyed me. These three guys, nobody stopped them. Nobody talked. Well, you stop talking while the guy's preaching. And so I'm putting my stuff in my bag. And as I'm going, God speaks to me. And God says, I want you to go and give that guy in the middle, I want to give him a word. And I'm like, no. Not him. He's been chatting the whole way through my talk. And God's like, yeah. I'm like, God, I don't think he's a Christian. I don't think he even knows you or loves you. And it's, God's like, go and do it. And so like, I'm like, oh. so I go up to this guy and I said, uh, listen, I, I feel like God's given me something to say to you. He goes, oh, let me stop you right there. I'm not a Christian. I don't believe in God. So no, right? So I'm not proud of what I said next. Yeah, I probably shouldn't have said it like this. But I just went, listen, I want to get in my car, drive away. You will never see me again. Let me just say what I think I've got to say. You receive it. You go away. We'll never see each other again. Just do it, yeah? He looks at me and goes, go on then. So I honestly, I went for it. I gave this prophecy. It was incredible. 90% of it was God. 10% of it was from the God channel, yeah? I absolutely gave it. I was like, what? And when I opened my eyes, I honestly thought it was going to be shaking, crying, going, whoa, what must I do? What must I do to be saved? 
And when he opened his eyes, I promise, when I opened my eyes and looked at him, he was staring and he went, oh, are you happy now? That was what he said. <laughs> are you happy now? Ah, Jesus never got that, did he? He didn't go like a Russell when people are going, oh, are you happy now? Have you got that off your chest? I'm like, are you happy now? I was like, oh. So I, so I oh, I'm done here. Got in the car, drove away, that was fine. I thought, oh, it really irritated me. And then about three or four months later, I was in our church in Nottingham, and um, suddenly this guy, you know, during that bit where you say, like, you know, if you want to go and chat with someone, you know that bit? It's like, oh, say hi to someone. He's making a beeline for me. And I'm looking and I, so I think I can recognize him, but I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, I sometimes don't recognize my own wife. So I'm like, yeah, he's making like a beeline for me. And I'm like, oh, and he, he, he says, it's me. And I went, oh, you know, that kind of, ah. And he went, um, you remember, and he tells me about that event. And I went, wow. He goes, you did that thing. You did that, like, magic dust thing. I'm like, no, it's not called magic dust. Yeah, it's, it's pro- prophecy. It's in the Bible. It is not magic dust, yeah? And when you did that thing, he goes, well, when you did it, he goes, I was like, what is that? He says, I'm not. And he says, do you know what? He says, in the next two or three weeks, everything that you said started to happen. And he says, I said to my girlfriend, I've got to find this guy, the magic dust guy. I've got to find him, yeah? <laughs> so he Googled me, and he, like, found me, and he found that I got this church in Nottingham. And he turned up, and I was away speaking somewhere else. So he kept asking everyone, where is the guy? He's like, no, he's away speaking. And this is honestly true, and it just reminded me when I heard this. He says to me, you're never going to believe this. But the guy I was speaking is Malcolm. Our pastor's called Malcolm. And he was speaking, and he says, he's preaching about doubt and Thomas, and about doubt and Thomas coming and believing. And he goes, you're never going to believe what my name is. And I'm like, Tommy? And he says, no, Thomas. I'm like, ah. And he says, I went forward and I've become a Christian. And he says, my girlfriend's a Christian. And he says, I just want to thank you for the magic dust. And I says, it's not... It's not magic dust. Can I just say that last time? Well, I want to encourage you guys that we have to be alive to the power of God and to the presence and the glory of God. God wants us to be dead to sin and alive to him. And then... I don't know if there's, I don't know if any band is still here, if the keyboard player is still here, but I just want to, like, um, is he still here? Is he? Oh, there he is. There he is. It's great. This is great, this church, because normally when I'm preaching, you're preaching your heart out, and suddenly, from nowhere, a keyboard player just starts playing behind you, yeah? And that's church's way of saying, okay, that's enough, yeah? That's us. We're wrapping up now, yeah? The keyboard player's up and he's like, let's get this over and done with, yeah? We're done. And I thought that was bad, but my wife's bought one for home, yeah? So she's got one at home. She's like, okay, that's enough. We're done here. You can stop talking now. So thanks for waiting. That is very kind of you. 
Looking yeah. very good today, yeah? Everything good, yeah? That's good, yeah. It's a bit awkward, yeah? It Finding it's a bit awkward, yeah, yeah good. He's like, I'll play you he's off, playing going, leave me alone. Honestly, could you get on with the sermon, yeah? I really feel in my heart that I just want to give us the opportunity. Wanted, dead and alive. And I really stirred in my soul today about the, some people in the room you need to know that God wants you. He has done everything he can do. And now, imagine the queen crossing the road to come towards you. is nothing compared to the awesome, glorious God who has done everything to move towards you today. He wants you. And through the power of the cross, Everything has been taken away. And so, I want to give us a moment. I wonder if we could bow our heads in the presence of God. And as we're in the presence of God, I want to give us an opportunity that maybe somebody's here today and you've not always understood that God desperately wants you. Maybe you've not understood that the cross has taken away those things, those barriers. And so I'm going to pray a really short prayer. And I'm going to invite you today that you would pray after me. But don't say it out loud, but pray in your heart today. Quietly in your heart. And then I'm going to say amen. And then I'm going to count to three. And I'm going to say, if you prayed that prayer today, I'm going to invite that you would put your hand up. And I would see that. And the team will come. And they just want to put something in your hand. But it's like your way of saying, do you know what? Today, wow. So in the presence of God, this is the prayer. Why don't you pray it? Dear God, thank you that you want to have a relationship with me. I'm sorry about the stuff that's got in the way. Thank you that the cross has moved that out the way. You come towards me now, God, and I receive your love, and I thank you for your forgiveness. In Jesus' name. Every head stays bowed, every eyes closed. I'm just going to count to three. And if you prayed that prayer, I'm going to invite you to raise up your hand and keep it up while the team puts something in your hand. One, two, three. That's amazing. Really good. That's really great. People around the room, that is fantastic. Thank you. Keep your hand up till they're able to stick something in your hand. Somebody over here, that's good. Just a guy there, yeah. A lady there. That's, thank you, guys. Lord, we just give you praise and thank you that your presence is real and it's here today. In Jesus' name. And as we're in the presence of God, I'm going to do something that I, I didn't really feel that I was maybe going to do, but that I just feel urged in my spirit to do it is that dead to sin.
that the cross has broken all control. And as every head's bowed and every eye's closed, I know that there are things in my life that I'm like, I don't want that. I don't want to be controlled by sin. I want the power of Jesus to cut all strings. I want to really be able to say, I am dead to sin. So in the presence of God now, with everyone just quietly praying, if you're here today and you know that there has been stuff that's been controlling you, and I'm going to count to three again and I'm going to invite you that wherever you are, that you would stand. It might only be a few people and it would take courage to do it. But we're going to pray a powerful prayer that in the name of Jesus, anything that has been controlling you will be broken in the name of the Lord, will be cut off in Jesus' name. So I'm going to count to three and it will take courage. But maybe you should stand wherever you are. One, two, three. That's good. That's good. That's good. Jesus. 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 Oh, Jesus. Oh, Lord. I just pray, Lord, as there are people around this room that are being honest and are being vulnerable. I just want to say in the name of Jesus, Lord, that things that have controlled them and things that have driven them and things that have kind of pulled them and pushed them and, and made them do stuff that they didn't want to do. I want to say, Lord Jesus, in the powerful name of Jesus, we pray right now freedom for your life. Right now in Jesus' name. Freedom in Jesus' name. That we would be dead to sin. That sin would no longer have any control over us. That sin would no longer have any pull or any sway over us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Church, I wonder if we could all stand. Can we all stand just for a minute? If you feel comfortable, why don't you raise up your hands towards God? Because I want to pray a prayer over us that we would be alive to the power of God. As your hands are up in the air, I want to pray that there would be some hands that would go on cancers and see them healed in the name of Jesus. I want to believe that as your hands are up in the air, that you would be alive to the prophetic, powerful voice of God. That there would be people here that would be alive to the supernatural compassion of God. Oh, there's going to be people that are standing with their hands in the air right now and you are going to show kindness to the broken and the devastated and the hurting. Oh, that there are people in the room that you are going to know what it is to have the power of God flow through you and see lives changed in Jesus' name. We want to be alive to you, God. Alive to your power, alive to your whisper, alive to your supernatural energy in the name of Jesus. Oh God, as our hands are raised to you now. God, we don't want to be a church that goes on whether you turn up or don't turn up. We don't want to be a church, oh God, that just turns up out of loyalty and out of habit. 
We want to be a Pentecostal church that is full of the power of God. We want to be a church, oh God, that your energy and your presence and your healing power and your anointing flows through us in the name of the Lord. And Lord, as my friends have got their hands in the air now, I pray that we would put our hands on the sick and see them healed in Jesus' name that we would see the power of God surge through us and see lives radically changed in the name of the Lord, alive to God. Amen.